Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Celebrate and save at Ashley's anniversary sale. With Hot Buys, your choice of color starting at just $3.99. Ashley Sleep mattresses starting at $2.50. Plus, receive a free adjustable base with select mattress purchases. And shop top mattress brands like Stearns & Foster, Tempur-Pedic, Purple, and Beautyrest Black with 60-month special financing only at Ashley. Subject to credit approval. No minimum purchase required. Minimum monthly payment, down payment, tax, and delivery may be required. See store for details. The following is a paid program. The views or claims made are not necessarily those of WILK staff, management, or sponsors. It's time for Laurie and Lynn. Local talk to start your weekend right. And now, Laurie and Lynn on WILK. Good morning. Good morning. Good morning. How are you today? Good I'm good. How are you doing? I'm doing well. I I feel uh, I don't know what I know. It's a when we're re- when we are recording this. It is Thursday, and we have a a temporary lull in the storm, and um, it still looks pretty. I mean, I'm sorry. <laughs> With all the snow we have, we need this, like we need another hole in the head. Yeah, but it's not bad, and that's okay. So that's I'm okay with this. Yeah, that's fine. Mm-hmm. It should get worse as the day goes on, but that's all right. We'll deal with that later. Anyway, um, we are in another storm, and another winter reminds us that the farmer's almanac was wrong. And that's all I'm going to say about that. Why? What did it say? Oh, we were supposed to have a mild winter. Very much. Well, in all honesty, we didn't have much except when it hit this. I mean, we had some snow, but February's just been crazy. So, but also below freezing temperatures. We've been in the twenties and the yeah. Well, that's okay too. We haven't had that in a while. Better for the flowers and everything else, anyway. It is. So it is. Yeah. So anyhow. That's it. Yes. So um, yesterday, as we are recording this, was Ash Wednesday. And uh, because of COVID, a lot of people did things a little differently for Ash Wednesday. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, did you get your ashes? Yeah, including yours truly. We had ashes to go um, uh, for us. Our good dear friend, Pat Crowley, dropped off ashes to go to Mary Jean uh, Dixon and I at Broadway and Mary Jean put her own ashes on and then I said you have to put mine on and while you're putting them on you have to say thou art dust and unto dust thou shalt return and she said I am not saying that so I said okay I'll say it while you do it and she she did it and I said it <laughs> and so I felt so much better that I had them because I don't miss that um, and uh, then last night at at ten thirty in the evening, I went to Ash Wednesday Mass mm-hmm. via 
YouTube for uh, Sacred Heart in Peckville um, had their mass on YouTube from earlier in the day, so I replayed it. That priest is he's phenomenal. I don't know his name. Uh, I can't remember what his name is, but he's wonderful. And he that's Frank Blasey's parish, so um, he he is a delight. This this uh, priest, I just absolutely love him. And so um, it was enjoyable. And at ten thirty. I turned on Mass last night, so because you know that for Lent I always go to Mass, and so since I don't do that, I'm going to watch it every day in some capacity, whether it's on TV or YouTube or Facebook or something, but I'm going to make sure I still do my daily Lenten observance of Mass. So that's what we'll be doing, okay. but I know they were doing it. He, he mentioned that you could do something with a a tooth, uh, a toothpick, a Q-tip, or mm-hmm. um, a sprinkling of ashes. I guess that's what they were doing at that church. I did not see it at the end. Um, but anyway, yes, everything was different. You said there was a big, big, big line up at Our Lady of Snows during the day oh, yeah. yesterday. And not just the line, but there were just cars everywhere yeah. trying to grab yeah. parking spaces. So I don't, and people were out walking. So I, I, to the church. So I'm guessing there was something going on in there, you know, with, uh, like you said, the Q-tips thing. It, it could have been that or uh, there could the have sprinkle. been some other provisions. Yeah. I don't know. Yeah. But anyway, it was pretty packed. And then I also realized that the other church that's on North Abington Road, I forget what that one is. St. Gregory's, I believe. Our Lady of Pete. Uh, yeah, that's right. St. Yeah. Gregory's, yes. And I couldn't understand why it was so difficult to get in and out of Fairview Road for the same reason. The cars were coming and leaving. And I say, wow, this has never happened before. So it was just interesting that that there was so much traffic out on the, on a day like that. And, and it was a beautiful day, too. I mean, the sun was shining. It was gorgeous. But I don't know if part of that, too, was the fact that maybe everybody was doing their usual got to run to the store, get the bread, milk, and whatever thing before a storm, which could have been. But this was in the afternoon, which uh, is not normally that busy. So I I don't understand that except to the extent that it had to be uh, the Ash Wednesday happenings. But the other thing I I have to tell you, I thought this was really fun. on Tuesday, uh, Mardi Gras Tuesday, there was a, a piece that was on uh, WNEP on their, all, every one of the, the different broadcasts for the news. And there was uh, a three or four, I think, different bakeries that were showing the fact that they had these, and I hope I say it right, Pashki, um donuts that is, that are always, uh, Music Bakery was one of them. They, the people were just lined Manuka. up forever. Yeah, Manuka. Mm-hmm. And people were lined up out in the snow. It's cold, but lined up forever for hours just to get these mm-hmm. things. And I, I never had one. I, I didn't know what it was. And, you know, my mother's side of the family is Polish. And, and I'm, I was surprised that in all the years and all the 
people that I knew from that side of the family and their involvement with their church and the women's auxiliaries and all that stuff. Nobody ever had any of these. And I, I didn't understand what they were. Well, apparently they're the equivalent of just some kind of donuts that you're allowed to have uh, as, as a way of saying this is my last indulgence before Lent. So I'm having yeah. something sweet and yeah, something that's really give good. Up things. You know, yeah. people, as, as part of something, they're, they're going to give up something for Lent and a lot of it is sweets and goodies and stuff like that. So that's why they say Fat Tuesday. Everybody bulks up and does their thing yep. prior to whatever they don't do for Lent. And I've told you this story, and I've, I repeat it every year, um, is that I went to church one day. And, and last year, I, it was the same story when I went to St. Anne's. And they, the, the, the um, priest said, his nephew said to him, Uncle David or whatever, would you, would, would, it, it, I was thinking about giving up chocolate for Lent. And he said, you know, Lent isn't about giving something up. It's about getting closer to God. So if that makes you feel like it's a sacrifice you've made because you're able to do it, but really it's to get closer to God. And that's when I heard that at Ash Wednesday Mass a long, 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 long time ago. And I thought, you know, I kind of liked hearing hearing that. Yeah. And I thought, you yeah. know what? So I that's when I started then to go to daily Mass for Lent because I thought that that was, would two things. One, if it's a sense of giving up, it's giving up time and yep. making my schedule fit around everybody else's schedule of mass. And so to me, that's what you have to do to make that work. And secondly, it was a way of getting closer to God. So I have been doing this now as well as, you know, doing my, there are two things that are important to me. That's the mass for Lent and Novena every day. So, um, yeah. you know, to me, it's just things that you set your mind to do. And so I don't go into um, mass, into churches right now. So I um, will do, like I said, there's many ways to get your, um, to, to be part of a mass on a daily basis um, with mm -hmm. everything available technology to us. So that. That is what they say, but that's the tradition. Like so many people give up, you know, some form of alcohol or candy or sweets or goodies or a specific, you know, potato chips or something they love. Um, and they give it up for 40 days. So um, it's a good thing if you well, can do that. It's good. Yesterday, good determination. Yesterday being Ash Wednesday. Um, all that stuff was supposed to be gone because now you're officially starting on your fast or whatever mm -hmm. it was. So I went into uh, Garrity's and Clark Summit because I had to get a couple food things. <laughs> there, as soon as you walk in the front door, there's a box of these potchki things. <laughs> okay, I'm in. So there were four of them in in the box. It's one of those clamshell clear clamshell thing. Yeah. And these are monster-sized donuts. Uh, monster size. And these happen to be Boston cream in the center. Mm -hmm. I didn't even know it. I didn't see the sign on it. I just said, oh, these are Pachki things. I'm going to get some because I want to taste them. So I brought them home and put everything else away. And I just 
you know, I didn't even know what to expect. I knew that they are essentially cream-filled donuts. So there's no hole in the center, like there is a traditional donut. So I, I just, I picked one up, and of course they're covered with powdered sugar. <laughs> I went over to the sink, and, and I took a bite like of my it, father. and all of a sudden uh-huh. it squirted out. <laughs> Yum. But boy, was it good. Oh, yeah, I can wow. imagine. They I were imagine. really good. Yeah, yeah. I can't tell you the times I would see Jim Cadden standing at the sink when I would like come down from the yard and and I would say, Dad, what are you doing at the sink? Well, I just ate something, and so the crumbs go into the sink instead of. <laughs> okay. Okay. Yes. Yeah. Well, that's, that's what I I've did. never had one of those. I've never tr- had one either. And now, of course, with uh, celiac, you can't. I can't anyway. But right. you, I, I've never tried them. But it, that, that's what that means. I mean, they're as indulgent as you can get. So um, yes, they are. Yes, they what are. What are you going to do? But that's good. Whatever. So whatever you do, you do. And some people, like I remember last year, Sean. Sean said to me because I remember it was on March sixteenth. And um, when the last mass and the next day churches were closed of last year, and Sean said to me, Mom, when, when, um, when this all happened, I gave up my fast, too. <laughs> it was like, what are we doing this for? Like, can't mm-hmm. even go to church, so I'm not going to fast. Oh, God, okay. funny. But that was a good anyway. one. Anyway, yeah. Mm-hmm. So. Well, I think we're, we're going to take a quick break here. Okay. All right, and yep. you're listening to the Laurie and Lynn Show, and we'll be right back. Hi, this is Nancy Kamen from WILK's Morning News with Webster and Nancy. And I know Laurie Cadden. A lot of people know Laurie Cadden. And more importantly, Laurie Cadden knows a lot of people. Laurie Cadden Enterprises specializes in fundraising, public relations, and special events. Laurie Cadden can take your business or organization to the next level. This isn't something that you learn about in a book. Heck, it can't even be taught. Laurie Cadden lives it. She knows how to work a crowd, open doors, and build and nurture relationships. With Laurie Cadden Enterprises, you get, ta-da, Laurie Cadden and her 20-plus years of experience. Call Laurie today at 357-8399, 357-8399, or email Laurie, Laurie, L-A-U-R-I-E, at LaurieCadden.com, L-A-U-R-I-E-C-A-D-D-E-N.com. Laurie Cadden Enterprises, because it is who you know. I'm Dr. Nicole DeNova. Since VREC opened its doors in 2010, we've treated over 30,000 patients, including the puppy whose curiosity led him to a porcupine and the police canine who was just doing his job. VREC is located at 318 Northern Boulevard in Clark Summit and is open 24-7 for your pet peace of mind. To learn more about us, visit VRECPA.com or call 570-587-7777. 
E-R-A, Exceptional Real Estate Agents. When you want to have the best of the best selling your home, you want E-R-A One Source Realty. With offices all over Northeastern Pennsylvania, E-R-A One Source Realty will give you the personalized service you'd expect from a professional real estate company. They have experienced realtors that have years of experience, which gives you, the home seller, an incredible advantage. They will offer suggestions to make your house sell faster. They will tell you what others will be looking for. They know how to present your home and sell its features, giving you the greatest chance to have your house sell fast. And ERA One Source Realty offers an industry-exclusive guarantee. If ERA doesn't sell your house, ERA will buy it. Yes, if they don't sell your house, ERA will buy it. That's peace of mind. That's a guarantee worth its weight in gold. Call ERA One Source Realty today and find out how you can have your house marketed by one of the top-rated companies in Northeastern Pennsylvania. Call 877-587-SELL or on the web at ERA1.com. ERA One Source Realty, always there for you. It's Saturday morning with Lori and Lynn. Now, back to Lori and Lynn. Well, we're back. My name is Lynn Evans. I am a managing director and financial planner at Women of Substance, LLC. That's a financial planning firm that's designed specifically for the needs of baby boomer women. And I'm also the host of a podcast called Power of the Purse. And that's available on Google Google Podcasts. All, why not all podcasts? Uh, that's true. All podcasts. Wherever you find your podcast, there you it's go. There. Okay, go ahead. And I'm and I'm Laurie Gadden, the owner of Laurie Gadden Enterprises, which is a fundraising PR and special event business. <clears throat> okay, so a couple weeks ago, we were talking about the Queen and uh, some of the reasons why she has lived as long as she has and her really good health. And we talked about her advice that she gave to people about uh, ways of living your life that contribute to all of that. And then and I habits. saw an article. And habits. And her yeah. habits, yeah. And at this one part of her habit is the way that she eats every day. And she, you know, she has full staff. She can have anything she wants at any time. But... She has a very interesting routine that she does. Um, she said that consistency and moderation have been her recurring themes. Therefore, it's no surprise her diet follows the same belief system. With a life under the watchful, <clears throat> excuse me, the watchful eye of an adoring and often judgmental public. It's interesting to see how she stayed so healthy to the impressive age of 94. She's notorious for eating almost the same thing every day. While this might sound boring, it's actually a great way to keep from overindulging and to stay the course of a healthy diet. Here's what she does. For breakfast, most days she starts out eating Special K cereal with berries. Special K is a healthier, lower calorie option when choosing cereal for breakfast. Adding milk gives her breakfast nine grams of protein, vitamin D, and calcium. Each morning, she also enjoys a cup of tea, a more traditional English breakfast drink than coffee. While she avoids adding any milk or sugar to her tea, it's rumored that she enjoys the occasional breast breakfast Biscuit 
or cookie, as we might commonly refer them. Of course, it's not cereal every day. When the queen has a guest, she'll order a plate of scrambled eggs with truffle or smoked salmon on top, or perhaps a piece of toast with jam. For lunch most days, she enjoys a meal of grilled fish with vegetables or salad. Low in calories, but high in protein and fiber, this kind of meal can keep her feeling full until mealtime. She also enjoys cheese and tomato sandwiches or Love cucumber it. sandwiches on white bread. Mm-hmm. And it says it's still light fare when you think of the indulgences she could have if she wanted to. Absolutely. And then dinner. It's no exception when it comes to eating a healthy meal. Again, she's consistent and eats almost the same thing every day. Each night, she eats fish with a side of, you guessed it, lots of vegetables. Once again, the protein and fiber approach will keep her feeling full while not overindulging. She's also known to have a traditional Sunday dinner of roast beef, always cooked well done. And apparently, regardless of which protein she's consuming, she enjoys having it Gaelic style, which means it's served with a cream, mushroom, and whiskey sauce. Mm-hmm. Well, perhaps not the healthiest of choices. When served in moderation, a little sauce never hurts. <laughs> I just think that's phenomenal. Uh, and then yeah. she does the same thing every single day. Oh well, gosh, I mean, a, we don't do that. I mean, even I don't. I don't. No, think most ever people heard. don't. I mean, well, I will tell you that I think even if I if I eat breakfast, I tend to do one of maybe three types of breakfast at my house. Um, I do too. One might be cereal. The other might be um, um, yogurt and fruit and some roasted walnuts. Um, you know, that's kind of what I like and berries, so some kind of blackberry usually, but mm-hmm. and little honey. So I, I like that. Or, you know, sometimes I have a rice cake like yesterday. I had two rice cakes with peanut butter and, and banana and a drizzle of honey. Mm-hmm. And that was delish. That's the, like, I look forward to it if I eat it. So that's what that, my usual, I don't, I love eggs, but I don't usually eat them. I don't cook bacon in my house, even though I love it. Um, so it, it becomes something I occasionally will have if I'm out, but I haven't been out. Yeah. You know, so, um, yeah. but, you know, I think we all tend to do those things uh, and, and even cooking dinner. It, it's, it's what you, it's what you're, you know, what you're good at, what you, what makes you happy. And, you know, there's, it's all about that, especially now. I think everybody's doing things. <laughs> Like today, yeah. I'm going, you know, and I'm making a big bowl, a big pot of chili today. I have all the oh, fixings. So um, this afternoon, I will make all a big, uh, that's what I'm going to do, chili. I haven't made that in a while, so that's what I'm doing. I made a big pot of lentil soup over the weekend, and I haven't mm-hmm. had it yet, but I can't wait. <laughs> yeah, I like to let things, mm-hmm. I wish I made this the other day and, and then just ate it, but I didn't. So we'll let it cook for a while and mm, yum. Yeah, that sounds good. So yeah. it, it's nice, though, you know, when you have a full staff of people to cook for you. And you think yeah, you're not kidding. It could be anything you want. 
and you just have the same thing. <laughs> I hope she varies the kind of fish. You know, I hope it's not just the same haddock every night or something. Yeah. And don't you that, wonder, but... like, does she get does she get dressed before she comes down and has her breakfast? Does she eat in her robe? Like, I always think of those. Uh, I what doubt it. I think in? she's one of those that, you know, they, it's because uh, you remember seeing the movie The Crown. I mean, to what degree that may be accurate. Um, you know, you look at that stuff and you say, well, every morning someone comes in and wakes her up and they oh my bring God. her clothes and they do all that. So I don't know. You know, you never know who could show up at Buckingham Palace. So you got to gotta be ready. Can't be in your jail. Well, now you put it COVID. Yeah, it's true. That's true. Okay, another another thing I wanted to uh, to share with our listeners and with you is that this was an interesting um, study that was done that I would never have understood the distinction or known that we have the superior skills at this particular task had I not read this. But this is called, uh, it's an article that says women better at reading minds than men. Psychologists at the University of Bath, Cardiff, and London have developed the first ever mind reading questionnaire to assess how well people understand what others are really thinking. A new approach to mind reading has been developed by researchers at the University of Bath to improve how well we understand what others are thinking. And it transpires that women are much better than men at putting themselves into someone else's shoes. Mind reading, sometimes referred to in psychology as mentalizing, is an important ability enabling us to pick up on subtle behavioral cues that might indicate that someone we are speaking to is thinking something that they are not saying. And as an example, they said being sarcastic or even lying. The researchers say that we all have different mind-reading abilities with some of us inherently better than others. The fact that not all of us are good at mind-reading can cause challenges, in particular for people with autism, where it can lead to social struggles in building and maintaining relationships. Results from their simple four-step questionnaire were scored um, with four indicated poor mind-reading abilities and 16 indicating excellent. The average score for their questionnaire was between 12 and 13. After statistically confirming that the test was measuring the same thing in men and women, they found that females reported better mind reading than males, while also confirming some of the well-reported social challenges faced by the autistic community. Here's the questionnaire. I find it easy to put myself in somebody else's shoes. You can either strongly agree, slightly disagree, slightly agree, or strongly agree. That's across the board. Second question, I sometimes find it difficult to see things from other people's points of view. Three, I sometimes try to understand my friends better by imagining how things look from their perspective. 
And four, I can usually understand another person's viewpoint, even if it differs from my own. Those were the questions. And apparently, women are better at interpreting what people are thinking than men are, based on those mm-hmm. questions. But this is the important point. To understand this psychological process, we needed to separate mind reading from empathy. Mind reading refers to understanding what other people are thinking, whereas empathy is about understanding what others are feeling. Mm -hmm. The difference might seem subtle, but it's critically important and involves very different brain networks. That that was interesting to me because I always assumed the two were the same, but they're not. So apparently we can read minds. I I, I still don't understand what that definition is, but... I think I still think it's hard to try to distinguish between empathy and mind reading. I understand it on a piece of paper, but in fact, how it works, I don't know. I think in my case, I related to the fact that um, dealing with someone who has dementia, it is often very difficult for them to express what it is that they're feeling. And not just emotional feeling, but physical feelings. So if Pat would say to me, um, I just don't feel good, what does that mean? You know, mm-hmm. g- give me some more information. Well, I don't know. It's just, I just don't feel good. So uh, then I have to keep asking questions. Well, do you Probing feel pain? Yeah. Um, no. Do you feel... Uh, if you have a headache, no. Is your stomach upset? No. So, you know, that's the mind reading is that part that I just did where you're trying to get into somebody's head. The empathy would be, I feel really sorry for you. How can I help you? You know, and, and that's the difference. That's the only way I can understand it. But whatever, the first part of it, we do a better job than men do. Yeah, and I always would not, I never would think of mind reading to equate with empathy because I always think of people who use the word sympathize and empathize and understanding what each of them use. Mm-hmm. So to me, when you empathize, it's because you understand the feeling because you have experienced the feeling where sympathize, you would feel for them but don't quite understand it because you may not have gone through it. That's right. what I thought were the differences, and maybe I'm off on those, but no, mind but reading to a, me never would be the anything with that, but that's kind of an interesting way to look at it. Yeah. Yeah, that's cool. Well, that, that's, it is. And on that note, it's time for us to take another break. Yes, so ma'am. We, w- we will be right back. You're listening to The Laurie and Lynn Show. Hi, my name is Lynn S. Evans, CFP, co-host of The Laurie and Lynn Show. I am the managing director of a new business, Women of Substance, LLC, a financial planning firm dedicated to the specific financial needs of baby boomer women. I help them navigate through widowhood, retirement, divorce, and job loss. Send me an email at lynn at lynnsevans.com and let me know how I can help you. I'm also the host of a podcast, Power of the Purse, available on more than 30 sites, including iTunes, Stitcher, 
Stitcher and Google Play. We record these lively conversations with women who've been there and have great advice to give others so they don't go down the same dark holes. And we feature some experts who share some great ideas to be prepared before you have to face these transitions. And we have a whole lot of fun. Please don't let the fear of not knowing about personal finances stop you anymore. I am here to take the confusion and mystery out of money. Go to my website, lynnsevans.com, and see how we can set up a time to talk or browse around the many blogs and other free info on the site. Remember, money's not the enemy. Your ignorance of it is. The well-established and highly respected Northeastern Pennsylvania certified public accounting firm, Michael A. Barbetti, LLC, is making changes after almost 40 years in business. The firm name has changed and is now Barbetti McHale, LLC, CPA, reflecting the addition of Michael F. McHale as partner in the longstanding firm. Although the name and partnership are a significant change, the staff won't change. Their Dunmore location won't change. The way they serve clients won't change. Their work ethic won't change. And Michael Barbetti's involvement won't change. The Barbetti-McHale partnership adds Mike McHale's three decades of experience in corporate and not-for-profit accounting for the clients of the regional firm. Barbetti-McHale LLC certified public accountants provides professional accounting and tax services to all types of clients, ranging from individuals and family-owned businesses to governmental agencies and non-profit organizations. Call Barbetti-McHale CPAs at their Dunmore office, and you too can make a change for the better. Business Banking at Fidelity. Universal Printing started out in Northeast Pennsylvania in June of 1995. Since that time, we have grown to 155 employees. What we do, we're a document solutions business. We do printing. We have an IT department on site. There's computer programmers, developers, production people. So all of our IT is done in-house. The nature of our business is it is very capital intensive. What we continue to do is adapt to the needs of our customers. And in order to do that, we have to continue to invest in the best state-of-the-art equipment that's out there. And we can do that with the support of Fidelity Bank. Fidelity allows us to play on a playing field that we could never have played on if we didn't have the support of a strong local bank that believed in us. They're not just saying they support the community, they're doing it. And we feel really blessed to have a partner in Fidelity Bank. Lori and Lynn. Hi, I'm Lynn Evans. I am the Managing Director and Financial Planner with Women of Substance LLC. That's a financial planning firm devoted specifically to the needs of baby boomer women. And I'm also the host of a podcast called Power of the Purse. And that's available on Google Podcasts, Apple Podcasts, uh, Stitcher, Spotify, and many other places where they have podcasts. And I'm Laurie Cadden, the owner of Laurie Cadden Enterprises, which is a fundraising PR and special event business. And our guest host, I can't help, guest expert, I'm sorry, guest expert today is uh, Dr. Nicole DeNova, who is, as she has called herself, the Grand Fromage, the head honcho at uh, Veterinary Referral and Emergency Center in Clark Summit. Welcome. It's good to be with you both always. Of yeah, course. We missed you. We missed you, but we love our Angela. Just so you know, she does a good job for you. I know she does. She's fabulous. <laughs> yep. She is good. So what's going on in the world of VREC? 
lots of stuff as always. Um, I wanted to kind of take, a, um, I guess, a moment just to sort of talk about, because uh, there's lots of questions out there about what's going on with veterinary medicine. I mean, medicine in general, but veterinary medicine, you know, during this year plus world of COVID that we've been living through in, um, mm-hmm. you know, uh, we get lots of questions. Uh, there's a number of people in the community that will reach out to us and sort of say, hey, what is going on? I can't get a hold of my vet. I can't get to my vet's office. They won't see me. You know, and, and our explanation, um, whether it's to the community or family or friends directly related, uh, I even have some people contact me from other states saying, what is happening nationally? Um, you know, there's been a multitude of changes for everyone. And um, for veterinary medicine specifically, whether it's general primary care practice, preventative medicine, or what we do as a referral uh, service, an emergency service, um, you know, COVID hit. Uh, rightly so and understandably a lot of primary practices just closed their doors because vets just said I don't want to risk my family Um, so they closed down the overflow went to other primary care vets and then that overflow came to places uh, like VREC and um, you know for us as a hospital I feel as though we kind of have caught you know we're a secondary tertiary tertiary care uh, hospital and we kind of caught the wave like a secondary tertiary in other words we caught it later than maybe everybody else and so what's kind of washing over us now is by the end of summer we were just so overwhelmed with the number of patients and cases and many of them were not emergency critical care were not um, you know, even sometimes just an itchy ear or somebody coming in saying, I have a, my dog has a tumor. I just want somebody to look at it and I can't get to my vet. I haven't been able to get in there for, you know, three months, six months. And then we've also seen a tremendous number of cases of infectious diseases that we usually don't have to deal with in this volume. Um, you know, things like parvovirus. Uh, We all go to vet school being told you might be lucky to see one case of distemper in your career. We've had four this year alone. Um, And I think in my entire career, I've seen one before this. So to have four in one year is, you know, it's just exponential. So by the end of summer, we actually made a very difficult choice. Instead of trying to, you know, hang on to the nearest tree trunk while the tsunami kind of washed across us, we decided to, you know, for lack of a better term, kind of head for the hills a little bit ourselves. And so we chose to limit our hours. Um, We actually, in the face of this, have been hiring. And so we've got a number of new uh, doctors and new nurses, um, new receptionists. But at the same time, we've also had some people decide, I need a break, and they've left. Um, they've gone to other practices. They've, you know, gotten married. We had somebody go move to California because she got engaged. Um, so lots of changes. And then in the face of COVID, you know, you have one person contact us and say, hey, my husband's coworker was exposed. Um, you know, then that has a ripple effect. So we have a very, very rigid uh, protocol inside our hospital. And knock on wood, it's kept everybody very safe. But by its rigidity, you know, one person says that they might have been exposed. We go back and trace. And so we might have to send five people home. And that obviously affects 
you know, manpower, woman power, and what we have to do as a hospital. So it's been challenging, but we're there for the community. Um, you know, we're, we're dedicated, we're committed. We just want to do things in a very structured manner to keep us safe. And ultimately, as I keep saying to everybody, we're in it for a marathon, not for a sprint. Mm-hmm. Good way. So it's been a little rough, but it's been good too. I mean, we've, we've got some great people in the community that have been extremely supportive veterinarians who have texted me directly just saying, Hey, tough decision. I know, but thanks for hanging in there and doing what you're doing and lots of clients That's that nice. we love and appreciate. Yeah, absolutely. They know, listen, on their end, they know it's tough too. They've been dealing yeah. with stuff. So it's a whole. So what, were the, what were the decisions you made about uh, the, the times that you were open and what services you provide? And is that still in effect today? Yeah, so the decisions that we made were, um, for an example, in the beginning, we actually shut down a lot of referral services. I actually, as a surgeon, I went over and worked emergency for, you know, about 20 weeks. I worked, I think, 18, 19 weekends in a row. Um, And by the end of September at Labor Day, I even... um, you know, sort of said, okay, I can't do this much all the time. Um, So we then at that point shifted from emergency back to referral because there was a backlog of internal medicine cases and surgery cases. Um, And with the emergency doctors that we currently have, what we decided to do was, okay, everybody, we realize that there's a huge storm going on outside the doors, but what we have to do inside is to maintain and keep everybody safe and happy. And it's the happiness, again, it's the marathon, not the sprint. So we are asking our doctors to work their normal schedule. If they choose to pick up a shift here and there, they can do so. But we just basically said everything normal as normal can be. And while we don't wanna have to do that to the community, if it means that we're gonna be here in 10 years for the community and not just explode within a year, then that's what we have to do. And so those are the adjustments that we made. And what did that mean in the hours that you were open? Yeah, it's a little confusing. And so I just always say to everybody, you know, check Facebook, social media, check in with us, call the hospital. Um, Our doctors uh, work kind of sliding algorithm schedule and without dorking out on everybody, it basically means (laughs) that they work three days and then they have six days off. And so if during that, that scheduling Um, it means that we don't have doctors to cover emergency, we have to close our doors. And so um, I can't sort of say to you, look, it means, you know, Monday through Wednesday, these hours and these hours and this weekend, and it's it's gonna slide through the week. So one week it might be Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, and then it might be Thursday, Thursday, Friday, Saturday. So um, I know that makes it challenging. We did send a list of our schedule, um, I think through to September to all of the referring veterinarians. So they are very well aware of when we're available. And this is, I'm talking about just emergency. Our our surgery department and internal medicine, cardiology, MRI, that's all up and running as is normal. Okay, so if somebody has an emergency, whenever it is, where do they go to find out what if you're open or what times you're open? Yeah, on I, your Facebook. I think the most the most direct means is always call, and so five seven zero five eight seven 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 seven. 
Um, if you know they're more social media savvy and they don't want to, they can't pick up the phone. Check Facebook, um, Instagram, Twitter, any any means they can they can um, figure out the the schedule that's posted. But otherwise, just call the hospital. And the other thing is, look, an emergency is an emergency, and we're not. This isn't about business. This is about community. And so if we are not as close as somebody else, we're gonna send you to the closest facility. That's what emergency means. Um, mm -hmm. If we are open and available and you know we're closest, we're gonna tell you and somebody can come in directly. Otherwise, once again, all the referral services, all normal hours. Have all your staff uh, been vaccinated? Unfortunately not. Um, we do have several people who have been vaccinated. Um, I myself am one vaccine into the series. Um, mm -hmm. It, you know, everybody out there knows this is just unfortunately, even though we have this kind of quasi structure that the health department has said, we've got tier 1A and then tier 1B. It's not happening, I don't think, in the way that it's supposed to. And so we've yeah. actually had to kind of scrap around to figure out how we can go about getting vaccines. There's lots of veterinary hospitals out there where their entire staff have been vaccinated, um, so we're working on it. Um, so it's it's like everything in the population; it's a bit hit and miss. But uh, hopefully, yeah. we'll we'll get everybody covered real soon. N Nicole, how's how do you think the community has reacted um, in general to? Um, I know they're confused, <clears throat> but when you try to set this straight and make these changes uh, to affect everyone, how how do you, how's everything being received? You know, it's interesting. We have everything from the people who say, you know, we appreciate the fact that uh, we acknowledge that everyone in the world is going through this and that you're there and you're trying to take care of the people within the hospital so that you're going to be available. And then we get some people who come online and, you know, it's lots of swear words and nasty statements and, you know, veterinary medicine for those people who don't realize it in the best of days. Um, we have some people who, you know, it's, it's crazy, but we get death threats and we get, you know, insults and we're called oh all kinds God. of names. And, um, and so now you, you get, that you, get the, death, you get death. Oh yeah. Veterinarians have been, oh yeah, absolutely. We've all had our fair share. We, we have a zero tolerance policy, but you know, there's a lot of crazy stuff that goes on in the world. Um, so then you take all of that <laughs> under the magnifying glass of COVID and what I like to call COVID behavior or misbehavior. Um, yeah. So, you know, it's probably the same percentage, maybe a little bit more, maybe a little bit more intense, but overall, I think the general community, especially veterinarians and the general community at large understand what it is that we have been doing how we have been, you know, getting through and getting everybody else in our community and their pets through this year. And once again, this is about a marathon, not a sprint. And so we want to be here and have a happy, healthy, um, you know, staff so that we can serve and create a happy, healthy community of pets and their parents. Yeah. Well said. <laughs> Yeah. So, Nicole, <laughs> briefly tell us how can, I know you said the number, it's a call. Could you give yeah. us some more info on how those can, people can reach out to you? Of course. So, uh, phone number is probably the most direct, 570-587-7777. 
Um, and of course, even if people have questions, just call. We've been doing a lot of stuff. You can send us pictures. We can try and help out. Just communicate on the telephone. Um, otherwise, social media, Facebook, uh, it's always V-R-E-C-P-A. Uh, so if you go to any of the social media, Instagram, Facebook, if you type in V-R-E-C-P-A, we will have an account there. Um, and of course, our website is the same, V-R-E-C-P-A.com. There we go. Well, thank right. you, Dr. Genova. It's been wonderful having you back with us, even if it's for a, a brief, uh, one brief shining moment. We're thrilled. So come back <laughs> and see us we, soon, please. Absolutely. And be and, and, and best us. of luck to you and to everybody and continued success and everybody yeah. else. We will see you. And by the way, Lynn Johnny called me in the middle of taping and said that it's Father Andy at Hospice of the Sacred Heart. He called to give me the name. He texted me and said, Father Andy, as I was speaking about earlier. So oh, hi, Father okay. Andy. He does a great job. So anyway, okay. we'll see you guys next week. We thank everybody for listening. Have a great weekend. Be safe and please be nice. Bye. Bye. Yeah. <laughs>